Hello, Dragoons. Hey, today's podcast, we'll be talking about travel and making the most of your time stationed in Europe. Do I want to drive? Do I want to fly? Do I want to take a train? It all comes down to how valuable is your time. As long as you kind of stay away from the tourist areas, it's cheap no matter where you go. I think hostels are actually an amazing opportunity to actually engage with the culture. Honestly, it's the most beautiful place on earth. At nighttime, you go swimming, the water like, glows up as really? you're swimming. Yeah, it's really crazy. Wow. Get out and see the world. I mean, it's a, an opportunity that you can't really afford to miss out here. The best beer would have to be... So this one time I was in Croatia, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're used to getting up for PT anyway. What's the big deal of going to Nuremberg for a flight at 6 a.m.? It's, it's $100 cheaper than if you want to sleep in and go at 10. I am uh, Command Sergeant Major Michael Burke. See, life is made up of a collection of memories, experiences, and overcoming the unknown. 20, 30 years from now, you're not going to remember the Call of Duty tournament that you participated in. Yeah. You're not. Hell no. You got to start somewhere and you got to get out there. And uh, there's no more amazing place to do it than in Europe. I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves. Let us know what, uh, what squadron you're coming from, where you're hailing from, as a cool kid say it. My name is Staff Sergeant Joshua Hallard, 4-2 HHT Sniper. I'm Major uh, Andrew Upshaw, I'm the Regimental Intelligence Officer. I'm Staff Sergeant Timothy Hamlin, Public Affairs Specialist, 2nd Cavalry Regiment. People save their entire lives to come to Europe. All right, my parents are getting up in age, you know, upwards of 60s and everything else. They still haven't made it over into Europe. They're talking about it maybe in the next year they'll finally make it over. And when they do, you know, they want to do X, Y, and Z and everything else. And I just kind of have to laugh because some of that stuff is just cliche. Like, oh, I want to go to Paris. Oh, I want to go to London. Oh, I want to go to Rome. These different cities within these countries, which they're all very cool. But at the same time, there's so much more. I wouldn't know that if I didn't live here. I can go 45 minutes, do a hike, see you know ruins to castles that are 1,200 years old. Not only does the United States military pay for us to fly here, all of our stuff to fly here, but also pays for us to live here, gives us extra money for living here, and provides us everything. And we can do, we can take advantage of all this stuff. Now, I understand, you know, with the current environment and some of the travel restrictions, but eventually that will lift. But as borders open up, you know, there's six different countries you can drive within six hours of where you currently are stationed. With that being all said, so where is your favorite travel destination in Europe, Hal? Croatia, for me, up in Zadar, um, was really great to be at. It was one of my more laid back and relaxed trips I took. Okay. To where I was just more focused on like the beach and then uh, hiking throughout like the nature out there. It was just, it was insane. It was. What time of year did you go there? It was July of last year. Right. Yeah, because uh, I sat at a hostel out there and it was really good. And the owners were actually Canadian and they threw a uh, Canadian uh, Independence Day for them because that was like July 2nd or something. And they're like, we're going to honor you too then. And then threw a big barbecue for. Uh, because I was the only American there for the 4th of July. And it was really, it was really something great. That's awesome. awesome. All right. How about you, Major? My favorite country, hands down, is Spain. Okay. So if I had to go anywhere in Spain, I think the, the most magical city to go to is Seville. Seville. Seville, really? It's unbelievable. Have you been to Toledo? Yes. I okay. mean, believe me, like everywhere in Spain is awesome because you can get cities, you got cuisine, if you want mountains and skiing, or you can get the best beaches in the world. And it's pretty cheap. It is. And so I, I, I'm hands down, big fan of Spain, hands down, especially in the fall. So we start getting to the four day weekends, and assuming the flights open up, got to get down to, to Spain. Oh, my wife and I, we, we ate our way through Spain. 
How about you, Sarhaven? So I really love Austria. Uh, okay. But, but it's kind of a yes. it's kind of a tie between Austria and Italy. Because oh, if God. I could go to Italy, if I could go to Italy more, I would go. But I, w- I find most of my weekends are devoted to exploring Austria, doing landscape photography in Austria. Are you he, an influencer? He's a, he's a social influencer. That's what we do here. You know, so you can get his autograph, actually, when he leaves, because he is kind of a big deal. Nice. But anyway, back to travel. Italy, the first yes. chance we have to travel, is where that's where me and my wife are going. We've got to get down there. I'm out of wine. I'm out of balsamic vinegar. Okay, and I need olive oil muy pronto. That is just a fact. I love Italy. I love villas, vineyards, being able to sit in a pool and just get tons of fresh meat, cheeses, and wines, and breads, and just sit out there for hours. Oh, my oh my God. So like, she, my mouth is salivating just yeah. thinking yeah. about this. You know? And every region in Italy is different. I mean, you could get in the, in the car and drive from the northern region, yeah, absolutely. German-speaking region, and then you on the way to rome it changes and you get more into the what we think of as italian food the red red sauce and the pastas and things like that it changes the whole way yep all right so if restrictions were to lift tomorrow where are you going i'm going straight to uh tel aviv israel really yeah that's uh that's been big on my list uh the summer's supposed to be my blowout summer for me okay. to where I was hitting like a bunch of beach destinations and stuff I kind of put off to where I could just do on four days and everything. Yeah. Tel Aviv was one of it. Do a uh, like day trip up to Jerusalem and then just back down in Tel Aviv, just be able to like hang out there. Unfortunately, that's not one of the countries that could possibly be opening up soon. So. Yeah, that one, that one will take a while. But yeah. I will tell you that Tel Aviv is amazing. But... How long is the flight to get down there? Uh, not very long. I want to say three hours. Yeah, I could be wrong though. It could, it might be closer to four, but it's nothing. You know, getting places is actually not the expensive thing. No, it's not at all. I mean, we flew to Madrid for my wife and I for less than eighty euro. That's you know, so you can want like a world city costs a thousand dollars minimum per ticket from the states. Yeah, I flew there for ten euro. Ten euro? Yeah. yeah. See, because you can, you can, euro. yeah, with the two day layover in Toulouse, France. Like, <laughs> oh no, really? Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty rough time. <laughs> if we were to be released, I was yeah. going to drive towards the Mediterranean yeah. or the Atlantic coast. So I'm either driving the boot of Italy, or I'm driving south of the Alps to uh, the uh, coast of France, and then on and towards Spain, towards Barcelona. You can make it to Nice, France, in about seven eight hours. Yeah, we could break it up. Um, but that's my plan is to drive drive west or west southwest towards the Mediterranean just to get some sun, yep, get absolutely. to the, get to the olive oil region, get to the wine region, and just just drive and explore, and then make my way back. And if you're in southern France too, you like rock climbing, uh, Fonte Blue oh, out yeah. there is like world class bouldering for miles and miles and miles on really? end. Really, where yeah. is that again? Say that again. Um, it's uh, Fonte Blue. Fonte Blue. I always made fun of it. I always called it a. Uh, I don't know, something about like a cordon bleu or something. But, uh, <laughs> so I had to like think about it for a second. But yeah, it's uh, for bouldering. Like people travel all over the world for there. And there's just there's just endless miles of just bouldering over there. That's the great thing about driving. You can just you that can is just a good stop thing wherever you want. Sometimes about driving. Right. We have a rule though when we fly, get one backpack. Mm-hmm. No, okay. makes no check. No cheaper, check on. easier. Absolutely. That, that's the only way to Because Ryanair has like a... <laughs> You know, they have special dimensions that you can't, like, if you break that, they won't let you put that bag on a plane without paying, like, 50 euros. Sorry, Hamlin, where are you going? I'm probably going to go to, like, Verona and then stop yes. to Bologna and then go to Cinque Terre. 
I love Cinque Terre. I probably hiked it three times already. It's an incredible experience within itself because the people are amazing. The food is perfect. But anyway, coming back, you know, so you brought up hostels. You know, we've been talking about, you know, trips. Not every soldier is a major. Not every soldier is a sergeant major or a you know a staff sergeant. We make more money than E2s, you know, or uh, these younger families, you know, E4s with, you know, two kids and stuff. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the cost aspect of it. That if you're on a limited budget, some of the best countries to go to are Czech, Poland, or any of the Slavic states. Poland, man, does your money go far in Poland. Holy yeah. cow. And there's some amazing things in Warsaw, Krakow. Uh, you know, in Estonia and Lithuania and stuff like that. Like, there's some amazing things. I think hostels are actually an amazing opportunity to actually engage with the culture. Yep. Not even just the local culture, but the culture of the people that are visiting. Uh, it opens you up to opportunities. It opens you up to people. I think that's one of the best experiences yep. for traveling is yep. in- interacting with the people, getting to know them. Because everybody, everyone is different. Even at, staying at hostels, I think it's a much more enriching experience than just staying in a hotel by yourself and kind of stay, sticking to just yourself. Yeah. You're going to meet people. You know, we, we, we stayed in a hostel as well uh, in Slovakia. Yeah, Slovakia, because we went up to Blood Lake. Oh, it's uh, nice up there. Amazing, amazing, amazing place. You know, just having conversations in the common area and everything else. And never once did I feel unsafe. You know, yeah. and it was not dirty. It was not nasty. It was actually pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I've said uh, everywhere I've gone, I stayed in a hostel. I think I stayed in an Airbnb once, and that was in Malta. Okay. Uh, just because it's a killer deal, and that was like one of the three times I actually traveled with friends. Right. Every other time, I've just solo traveled everywhere. Really? Yeah. So wow. I have like 22 countries solo traveled and three countries uh, travel with friends not only are you in this country to get the culture of the country and to like visit it and all that you'll meet people just regardless no matter what because there's like free walking tours yeah. that you can do that you just tip the tour guide at the end because he's just a local doing it as like a little side gig on his way to work give yeah. you a nice like hour and a half tour of his city and everything and then they do events and all that so they'll do like pub crawls and everything so you can experience a nightlife but then you'll meet or make some friends and everything and then at the same time you'll get introduced to their culture, wherever they're from. Right. The cleanliness and like the safeness about it. I've never felt unsafe or anything. All the hostels were always really nicely kept. Everything seemed really good. Like one night I fell asleep, the power outlet to charge your phone and everything was just like a power strip in the middle of the floor mm-hmm. of this like room of like 12 people. And I was just like, well, if I have it tomorrow, I have it tomorrow type of thing. Like my phone needs to be charged and I'm going to bed, plug my phone in and it was still there in the morning. And this was like a hostel he paid, I think I paid like $6 a night for. Yeah. And it was strictly like a party hostel. <laughs> They're like, if you don't like this and don't be here type of stuff. Right. So Budapest was probably like the more one, if anything, you would feel unsafe about just because of the, the neighborhood it was in. But it was exactly what I wanted for it. Yeah. And uh, and the only place, the only reason why I felt like it could be unsafe is because in Budapest area, mobs run a few things out there. They do. Uh, so right when I got to the hostel, the when I was uh, checking in, the guy was like, hey, if you're going to use a taxi, use this one. He's like, this is the one that's trusted and everything like that. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. I don't know if you're kind of worried about that. Just I mean, just stay in something that's a little bit more uh, higher up there in the ratings. Yeah. Budapest, but regardless, Budapest was also one of my favorite cities I've been to. Yeah, Budapest. The thing I love about Budapest is is the people in you know in, in Hungary. They're just they're just happy to not be occupied by Russia. 
Yeah. They're just loving life. So it is a melting pot. And the food there, you could just get so many different things. You know, yeah. and it was probably one of the best burgers I actually ever had was in Budapest. Yeah, and there's a – you just walk down the streets and they'll just have like little pop-up farmer's markets yep. of just food. Mm-hmm. And then for nightlife, you could go into these ruined bars where you can still see like – bullet holes and shrapnel holes into yep. them because i mean yep. there's so much history there in budapest there alone. Tons, yep. and you go into the old district and you can go to these bars are just like that's uh that's definitely some shrapnel up there in that wall right yep. there and you're just drinking your beer like hmm, all right sick <laughs> yeah the parliament building down in budapest is probably it's one of the most amazing things i've ever seen at night it's probably one of my favorite really pictures is. i have oh yeah. really yeah okay that's awesome yeah. i stayed at hostels i shoot i'd, I'd stay at hostels now if you get on, I know we're not supposed to endorse a website, but you know, hostileworld.com. You can go through all the uh, the highest ranking ones, and and if you want to, if you go with your friends, you can stay in the dorms with where there are multiple multiple beds or whatnot, or you can even get a private a private room. And and I think the cool thing, like we've already kind of talked about, is that everybody has an open minded mentality. There's usually a bar or a restaurant right in the hostel, and there's also like travel tips. So you're going to meet naturally open minded cool people who are also there for tourism so you get like another group so whether you're traveling alone or with your family it's it's an awesome option um i still i mean i still stay in hostels today i've stayed stayed in them since i was 21 22 another great thing about that site was that a uh, hostel world themselves send out somebody to do their own review for it and then it leaves a spot for the hostel itself to do their own little bio about right. them and what they're all about. You really about. know exactly what you're getting into. So it's never for, for those who are new to traveling, it's it's really the, the easiest way to get out in Europe. And there's even an app for it too. So exactly. it's so like way easier. Super easy. Hostel World, Hostel Bookers. Yep. So kind of a trick I do is I, I get Booking.com, Hostel World, and Hostel Bookers. And then I look at the same hotel. You can kind of bounce around and you can see which one is offering, like which agency is actually offering it the right. cheapest. And the Airbnb is, is a great option, too. That's the yeah. cheapest. And frankly, I mean, with the COVID time, probably a safer bet yeah. in many ways because you're in someone clean apartment. It hasn't been frequented by tons and tons of people. But I want to stir some emotion here. OK, yeah, I'm sorry it's for exciting. our listeners. OK, what travel plans have been canceled because of the COVID restrictions? Major Upshaw. Oh, so for spring break. I already talked about my favorite place to go, Seville, Spain. So we were going to go fly into Madrid, mm-hmm. drive down to Seville. And it's around the time of um, Semana Santa, which is the uh, the Holy Week. We thought we might make it. And we even thought, hey, maybe if they close down the borders, we'll get isolated in Spain for an indefinite amount of time. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, no one would have been mad about that. <laughs> right. But, but then, you know, uh, the rules changed just in the nick of time and they canceled the border. So that was our COVID cancellation so to say, but I have lived in this small <laughs> box for four months now, and I can never say that in my entire life, and it is driving me absolutely batshit crazy. Over spring break, we were supposed to go to Croatia, right on the coast. I had a place with a heated pool. The Adriatic Sea is actually still kind of cold. Had an outdoor fireplace, nice like rock built patio that was just so we could just sit out there for hours with a fire cooking whatever we wanted to cook but that was my travel plans for spring break that we had to cancel how about you real quick did you know that there's bioluminescent algae in croatia so uh, at nighttime you go swimming the water like glows up as really? you're swimming. yeah it's really it's really crazy wow. huh no i didn't know that yeah. okay so yeah i went up to umog one time okay um, 
Is the uh, food would, like Italian food there? What's it like? It's, it's a mix. Yeah. Here's the deal. If you go with seafood, yeah. you're going to be okay. Right. So we went to a restaurant. We ate. It was uh, my son, myself, and my wife. Three-course meal. Everything was prepared. Bass. The best shrimp I've ever had in my entire life. We, we drank. We had fun. I want to say it was like a three-hour experience. 110 euro. Yeah. And I'm super weird too because I don't eat seafood from like landlocked uh, countries. Uh, you can leave. Like I only eat seafood oh, yeah, along the coast. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, no, that's I love smart, seafood. Oh, okay. Smart TTP. Yeah, yeah, that is a smart TTP. Yeah, so you're saying you don't eat the crab legs that are served in the defect? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely. I won't touch that it with the ten foot pole. It is um, suspicious. I haven't seen any crabs walk around. <laughs> but the best oysters I've had were out in Croatia. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And yep. they're super good. And like it's relatively. It's really inexpensive out there. You know, you talk about, you know, cheap experiences. Is as long as you kind of stay away from the tourist areas, it's cheap no matter where you go, exactly. except for Switzerland. Perfect. All right. How about you, Sir Hammond? Initially, I was supposed to come back from Poland, I think April 1st. When COVID happened, it definitely set back my time to come back here. I was really planning on going more to like Malta, Mallorca. Have you been to Malta yet? I have not. But have he, tell, Malta? he talks yeah. about it. Oh, <laughs> man. Malta. Picture this. You get on a boat. You can charter one. You can do the tourist ones. They're a little bit more expensive. Get off the boat at the Blue Lagoon. Just walk. And walk and walk and walk around the island until you don't see anybody anymore. Find a good little cove to go down in, and you'll own it. Malta. Very cool. Amazing food. Yeah, it sucks you didn't get to go. Yeah. Next time. Yeah, Yeah, hopefully. But another cheap place, too, so. So, Sarhaler, what plans are you upset about that you did not get to do because of COVID? I had three places set up, which was Mallorca for spring break. I was going to go to Greece. I was going to be in Santorini. I really like Greek mythology, so I wanted yeah, to go see right. Mount Olympus and everything. And then Tel Aviv was a part of that trip as well. Okay. So what about uh, else, you know, as far as expenses? When it comes down to like, oh, do I want to drive? Do I want to fly? Do I want to take a train? How valuable is your time over money for this? Okay. Because I've taken a train back from up in uh, the Netherlands area and it took me eight and a half, nine hours. The whole time on that train, especially after my phone died, all I thought about was like, I should have just paid the extra $50 plus this train ticket just to fly because my time is more valuable. So I'd rather spend like the extra like 20, 30, $50 or something in order to fly to get there faster. Yeah. So I can enjoy my time at my destination more. I mean, I've gone on a bus to uh, Vienna for $9, you know? So, I mean, those are really great options as well. You'll figure these things out as you travel as well, you know? And sometimes, you know, you just got to kind of get your feet wet, so to speak. Kind of on that. Anybody else have anything else as far as travel goes? I was just going to say that I use, uh, for flying, I use Skyscanner website, which yep. which uses, picks a lot of the different travel, the airlines. And if you if you do some, sometimes they have early departure times. I mean, you're used to getting up for PT anyway. What's the big deal of going into Nuremberg for a flight at 6 a.m.? It's, it's $100 cheaper than if you want to sleep in and go at 10. Uh, Flixbus, which is the yeah. bus website. Say that one again. Flixbus, F-L-I-X-B-U-S. Um, okay. That one, that's how you get from on the buses around Europe. Those are like five dollars. Yeah, tickets to Munich super and, cheap. Super and then, cheap. and then the, uh, you know, if you're riding the train, you use the Bayern ticket, which I'm sure a lot of the soldiers already know about. But you go down to Vilsack train station, get a few of your buddies, and you're up thirty or forty bucks for five up to five people, and can travel anywhere in Bavaria, which goes from down in Garmisch all the way up to Frankfurt uh, for thirty-five bucks. You could use it all day long. So. And again, to go back on to like budget wise, you're flying, literally just 
take a backpack. A yeah. 25 liter, 35 yeah. liter, like, I mean, it's super easy just to wear like your jeans and jacket with you, even if it's hot out or anything, like you want to bring that stuff with you just yep. in case, but then just pack like the bare essentials that you're going to need and just backpack, throw it under yep. the seat and call it a day yep. because it's going to save you a lot of money that way. Especially over a four day. Like in most locations, they'll let you use their laundry, like their yep. laundry. Yeah. Yep. Um, in hostels. And especially stuff. the hostels. Yeah. Yeah. When I do like my 16 day escapades and I only have a 35 liter on me, that's what I do. I'll pay the couple bucks it takes to do the laundry there and Not just even. relax for four hours. Maybe go to the bar down there and meet some people or something. And then come back, grab my stuff, and move on. So, what kind of advice would you uh, would you give for somebody that you know is maybe just getting into theater, or maybe they're nervous? Probably my third flight in my entire life was to Fort Benning, Georgia, for basic training. What would some advice, maybe some destinations that you would give somebody that wants to get out and explore, but doesn't want to maybe commit to you know some long journey quite yet? Going with somebody yeah. just to kind of understand how the flights work, get your feet wet, just get a flight. Yeah. and then see where it goes i was a little nervous my first time i, I got here like right before oktoberfest was going on and i went and did oktoberfest by myself and then block leave came about and i was like i'm not letting anything hold me back at this point i mean i don't know i had a beer or two that night while i was buying the tickets and making the plans that gave me a little bit more self-confidence in, <laughs> in it and then i just went and then after that it was just game over i mean i did scotland ireland and amsterdam as my first trip wow yeah, I was trying to stick to like a little bit more like English, but at least so like I could be in a foreign country, but I could still kind of understand it and just kind of see how it's going to go. After that, I was like, I can accomplish anything. I can do whatever. When I was stationed over here for the first time as a lieutenant, I just started small in the area around. I took the day trip, the yeah. Bayern ticket, get on the train and took a train to Nuremberg for the afternoon. And then the next time I went to Munich, yep. you could do even do it during the day. You could make it to a ton of cities just for the day. And then you don't have to worry about the hotel and staying overnight. Right. But I kept trying to remind myself that anywhere I go in Europe is is super safe. So you just remind I reminded myself of that. But I started small and then I got a buddy. We went to all kinds of trips together all over Europe and uh, made it made a lot of fun. When I've gone solo, like we talked about, went to the hostels and, and met people. And then that kind of morphs into other trips. You know, you meet up with them later on next month. It's exactly. A lot of fun. Yes. So for me, like I was actually stationed here when I was a private. I was in I was stationed in Hohenfels. I came from Georgia in a small town in the middle of nowhere. Okay. I think what kind of motivated me to get out was seeing my roommate. He was always like playing video games all day. You know, I figured like I'd rather explore and ex try to like see what actually like life can bring. Right. Yeah. I, I think it, it just wasn't even hard for me. I think the only thing was like being a PFC at the time, it was expensive. I don't know. It's easy. We're afforded you know, long weekends, almost about every month. Yep. Like if you just don't go out three of those weekends, because I mean like everyone can just go to Nuremberg or whatever, yeah. maybe do that one weekend. If you're really just super itching for it, you had a bad week at work, but those other two weekends, just save up your money. And then on that fourth weekend, you're able to travel literally anywhere here in Europe for pretty cheap. And you're able to get a good memory out of it. Thing about that is, is, you know, as a young soldier, as a young officer, I mean, you have a whole lot more money than those college kids traveling at those That's hostels. True. So That's yeah. true. So it's actually you're you're the you're the man yeah. in many ways. You're the one with a job, and and so it's actually was kind of cool uh, compared. I mean, you walk in there, you can you can buy people drinks and have <laughs> you can host people. I, I mean, I you know, certainly didn't do that. I mean, so. <laughs> you, you got to be smart, but but you're you're the one with a job, and and so I have a lot to be proud of. And so I think I certainly was proud of who I was and proud of what I did, and 
and all these people I met in the hostels were interested in, they'd never met a U.S. soldier before. You know, we had a lot of great conversations and I, I enjoyed kind of showing my perspective and my life experience to them. And, and I think they left with a, hopefully a positive impression of America and U.S. Army. And that's a great point to make. You know, you're an ambassador, um, you know, and as soon as they find out you're American, sometimes there will be perceptions, you know, of that. But then as soon as they find out you're a soldier, it could be good. It could be bad. To you, you represent the United States Army. So you have to remember that. And you have to remember you're an ambassador for your country in that very moment. You speak for the United States of America and the United States Army, you know, and you, you got to carry yourself. So, right. so I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to talk about that too much, but I think it's important for people to understand that. Right. I mean, you think about it, you know, how back in the States, how many people from Hungary do you meet? That's you true. know, not many. So a lot of these people, especially in these smaller towns and cities, I mean, you might be the only American they ever meet in their entire life let alone the only American soldier. And they only yeah. see what's in the movies. Yeah, that's And true. so they think you're... Hey, John Wayne. Right. They think Rambo. you're a hero. <laughs> they think you're a hero. They think you're badass. But then if you, you, know, you just have to keep that in mind, that is their one impression. And that one impression, they talk to all their friends and like, hey, I met this guy at this hostel. He was either really cool or he was really not cool. And that, that infects you know, a group or a town, their impression of the United States for you know, exponentially. I yeah, think it's so, really easy yeah. to shape some perceptions, yeah. especially being out here. It's just the people you meet. Well, you can shape their yeah. impression you can, of you. Yeah. yeah, you can change their by, entire by, view. By, yeah, absolutely. By, by respecting their culture, by taking part in what they do, living as the way the, the way they do, eating the things, trying different foods and stuff, just simple stuff, and they're going to be like, "Wow, I thought that you know there's negative stereotype of Americans was totally false because we actually are very open minded. We are actually a very diverse." Uh, group of people, especially in the U.S. Army. I mean, you look at any formation; it's not, it's it's not the same. It's diverse, and so they don't really think that. They think stereotypes like anybody else. But. So you know, I'm in, I'm in Israel, and um, we're we go up to this restaurant we found, and it's overlooking the Dead Sea. You know, the breeze is coming off, and uh, the restaurant itself is an outside restaurant that has kind of the tribal tents that you'd see in the Middle East and everything else. That's actually the restaurant. Mattresses and, you know, pads that are sitting on the floor and the tables are real low and everything else. And I remember the waiter came over to us and he wasn't being rude, but he knew, you know, we were American as soon as we kind of started talking to him and stuff. And he goes, you know, we do have cheeseburgers and we do have fries and stuff like that. We don't want any of that. Bring me whatever you eat. He instantly was like, Okay, you know, and he was excited about it. He wanted to talk about it. He wanted to talk about the food. He wanted to talk about why he liked this and how his mom makes it, you know, because it, it was a family-owned place, too. It was still probably one of the best meals I've ever had in my entire life. It was super neat, you know, and I think it's important, you know, for us to kind of do that, to fix those perceptions that are maybe being created or what they think of Americans that just eat cheeseburgers and fries, you well, know. One, one thing I did that was pretty effective was, I was in Genoa, Italy one time, long time ago, and I just look around. I'm not saying I look around for, for people who look like they like to eat, but <laughs> I look around for like an old guy, uh, old gentleman, oh, and I'm like, I'm like, that guy looks like he's, uh, you know, pretty happy with his diet. So I asked him, hey, sir, where's the best uh, restaurant around here? What's your favorite restaurant? And I ended up in some little family restaurant, and yep. it was cheap. It was amazing, and I still remember it to this day, 15 years later. Did you try the pesto there, sir? The pesto? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> pesto is uh, is unbelievable. And that's something that I also did with uh, once uh, with my family. Uh, took a, I asked around for a cooking class, and I just did a cooking class, which 
isn't something I would ever think I would do, but some of the foods that, that I discovered in Italy, especially with the olive oil, like, I mean, I, I can, I can kind of recreate it. I, I yeah. recreate it in my, in my BOQ room at the time. Um, I can do it at home and it's super easy, super cheap. And then you can kind of show your friends how cool you are when you're a Renaissance man. <laughs> your culture. So, you know, we talked about, uh, we talked about language a little bit and some people kind of alluded to it. So have you had any issues as far as language goes? Um, everywhere you go, you're going to have a um, slight issue with it. I mean, we talked about earlier, sorry, major, how like staying away from like the biggest touristy areas is like how you're going to find like the best experiences and culture as well. And so that's what I try to do. And there's been so many times where people are just like, oh, sorry, like I know English, but I mean, you just have to find a way around it. And what I usually do, and I know it's simple, but it's, it was really effective as like uh, using Google translate. Yep. Yeah, it's a game changer. Like, just type it into there, what you're trying to say. Just, yep. like, really – but, like, you can't go intricate into, like, no, the English no, language. No, you got to go very simple. Yeah, yeah, like, the basic, like, words, uh, like, where to eat or best restaurant or something. All right, we'll translate it, and hopefully it's in a close enough dialect that they can understand it. For the most part, off of just, like, body language and yeah. what you're trying to convey to them, it, it's always worked out really well to me. Um, I've never had an issue – some Frenchman heard that I was speaking English and he was super excited about it. Yeah, so he I, came down to me and he was like, you're American. Can I please buy you a beer? And I was like, absolutely. Yes. Also, where's this? Like, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely pays to learn a little bit about the place that you're going to. Yep. So if you're, you know, you want to spend like a weekend in a town, it pays to like understand a little bit of the language, uh, what people like to do there, the hangout spots, the best hostels, best food, just a few words like good day, good morning. Yeah, if they they see you try, and I see that uh, most of the time they're pretty supportive. I've never really actually, you know, pointy talky. You know, usually works or the Google Translate. You know, you it might be a little bit aggravating sometimes. Just trying a little bit. Yep, goes a a long way. And then people, like we go back to our last conversation, people respect you more for it. You know what communicates and transcends every single language? Being nice. Yeah, exactly. If Absolutely. you're just it doesn't not, cost a dime. No, it doesn't. No, <laughs> right. if you're just nice to people, I mean, I've there has been many a times where not a word understood on either side of the fence, but just being nice and smiling and laughing actually a little yeah. bit about it, about not being able to communicate, and they're just like you know they're well, laughing. They're, they're and doing joking. their best too. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, they are because they're know? like yeah. trying to accommodate you. Yep, and you're. I don't know, just trying your best to like, yeah. do what you can in order to get to the whatever your end goal is right there. As long as you got like a little smile on your face yeah, right? and like you're trying and like you're being nice, like that's another thing. Like the biggest thing about traveling is like, don't be stressed. Like don't oh, like, yes. you can't like don't make an itinerary to where every oh, single yes. second is yes. just booked Absolutely. up. It's like just go. Have a few key things of what you want to yep. do yep. and just go and just basking at all just enjoy you're not going to see it all anyway yeah so pick the you know do your research pick the couple things and maybe the city or the country you want to see yeah all right i'm just going to ask questions real quick and i'm going to start with best place to go in the summer the alps why honestly it's the most beautiful place on earth there's uh-huh. always something to do uh, best summer, beer the best beer would have to be in germany and uh getting a nice like smoked beer i do love a guinness from ireland but there's it's so crisp and clean special. out there. Pilsner. Belgium. Pilsner. <laughs> Belgium, 45K. I stayed in a place that was right next to the Chimay Brewery. Best beer on tap. Sorry, I'm in Germany. 
Hey, Belgian beer is hard to beat. Yeah, it is. It really is. It is amazing. Except if you have Pilsen from Pilsen or Kell. From Pilsen or Quail at the brewery, right? All right. Favorite place that you will make sure you visit again oh, before? Oh, Austria. Absolutely, Austria. The the Lake District, uh, Hohenwürfen, which is like a castle area, which is like a, it's a valley with beautiful ice caves and, and snow-capped mountains. Oh, so like I would never I'll revisit countries but like different cities but I'll never revisit the same city in the country because I mean it's kind of like I just I just want to keep experiencing more yeah absolutely and I want more new experiences instead of old experiences I've only double tapped one country and that was Ireland yeah and that's because I solo traveled there by myself and then a couple friends they're like hey we want to do New Year's in Dublin. Well, I can't really turn that down, so yeah, no, might, right. as, might as well go there. Yeah, the sacrifices I make. You know. It's just so tough. I, I, I'd go to Rome. All roads lead to Rome. It is it is always awesome. There's always something to do. The food's incredible, um, and there's cheap flights. When you see Rome, have you been to Rome, Sarmadio? I have not, when actually. When you get there, I mean, seeing the Colosseum, between the Colosseum oh. and all these things you've seen in movies yep. and the history and then the food is, is unbelievable. I've gone back a few times and it's cheap to get there. Rome, is, Rome is definitely a great place to like sit down and reflect at like history, oh, especially yeah. at the Coliseum. If you, if you had like a nice night out, like if you had like a glass of wine, it's just nice to like sit on one of the demolished columns oh and just look up and yeah. just imagine like yeah, the, right. the important people that were there. It's just incredible. Gladiators, man. There's so much history. I mean, right now, two miles away, there's a 600-year-old church sitting right on the right. bridge. Right there. You know, just right yeah. there. You know, we don't have that kind of stuff in America. You go to, you know, Regensburg and the first part of the church at the St. Petersburg Church, I think there, the first part of it was built in like 280. You know, right. I mean, it's Roman just, temple. It's, it's unbelievable. Or if you go into Madrid, uh, they just finished their church out there. That right. took, uh, it was over, it took over 800 years to build. And they just finished it in the last like 30 years. <laughs> That's generations and generations of yeah. like men and families. Like this son just completed it when his great, 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 great grandfather is yeah, the one that amazing. started it. That's so and cool. It's just, and it's you can fly there for $20. All right. Most relaxing getaway. That's Croatia. Split. Definitely. Zadar was better than Split for mm -hmm. relaxing. Split was a little bit more... Uh, it was a lot more touristy, right. therefore, like the nightlife and the day life is just really busy, really noisy. Stuff. So, in Hamlin and I actually ran into each other and split, yeah, randomly. Yeah. Oh, it's funny how you run into people, yeah. And uh, but I hear, I'll, I'll be on a plane or I'll get off a plane or something like that. I'll be walking through the airport, I'll be here, hey, Sergeant Major. I'm like, ah, you're kidding me, <laughs> but it was just up in Zadar, it's just really relax during the day along the beach or go hiking on the Krakow waterfalls or hop over to Havar. And then the nighttime swimming was also amazing because the bioluminescence is just one of the coolest things. Let's focus on kind of the experience. And, you know, you everybody's in here has been here for a while or had multiple uh, kind of tours overseas. So what advice would you kind of give? What would you tell people about the experiences you've had? Uh, like I love culture. I love food and I love drinks and everything like that. But like getting to know people like was never really a part of the plan for me. Right. It was more so me saying to like what I want to do and everything like that. And then after the first trip, it was just it's game over. I just yeah. ended up opening up, really cracking that shell of my own life to being open to meeting new people and like sharing my life experiences. And then it's just nice to hear them and get their culture side of it. I mean, thanks to social media, I have friends all over the world. That's amazing. To where like, there's like, hey, if you're ever, you know, if you're ever down here in uh, 
Brazil, let me know. You can come stay at my place. Or if you're ever in uh, Singapore, here and there, there's like, you're more than welcome to come stay at my place. And I'll be more than happy to show you around my hometown and show you more of my culture. Like meeting yeah, these people is what has made every single trip for me and has made it memorable. And we yeah. go do these crazy things together. Like um, one of them was in Toledo. We ziplined across the goalie right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just like, and that's with four people that I met literally that morning. You just have to embrace the experience. I mean, like, like you said, Sergeant Howard yeah. is, is, you know, people save their entire life to come to Europe to do traveling. And you are ordered to come here with your family or alone. And you're in the middle of central Europe. So you're centrally located to get anywhere in the world. And back home, they have, you know, these types of, museums or restaurants about the cultures that you're surrounded in and so yeah. you just have to embrace the experience and and uh just get out there and take advantage of it because it's going to change your perspective of the world it's going to change oh, your perspective down. of yourself and um and just the the satisfying nature of just being uh, out in some of the best restaurants in the world and the best museums in the world and everything for so cheap is just is priceless and then you're going to look back on this time Many of my friends I was stationed with have never been stationed overseas again, and they don't know if they'll get that uh, that chance again. So it's really important to take advantage of it. It gives you a profound sense of humanity, and I think that's what motivates me the most. Is like I, like I said previously, is interacting with the people, getting to know culture, and running into random people that will show you the town, or there you want to like be like, hey, uh, there's this thing. You did you know about this? Like. No, I didn't. Okay, let's all go there and check it out. Like the bar we found out in uh, Croatia uh, when we were in Split and uh, we ran into each other. There's just this bar and they would just play like old timey like Betty Boop cartoons <laughs> just projected onto those super <laughs> yeah, old stone good. walls. And it was just all outdoors and it was just, I don't know, there's good people around and everything like that. But it was just, it was really cool to like run into somebody that you know and you've previously worked with. What do you think about the bar that I, I got the number of the bar owner? And I took photos for him and I like sent it to him and everything. He loved it. Nice. So. Oh, that's cool. Uh, just because people are different doesn't always mean they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And you can sit and you can have these conversations and you can see things from a completely different perspective from a different side of the world. And it really is an educational process. It increases your own personal intelligence, yeah. you know, having these conversations. You're like, wow, I've, I've never even thought about that. But I sure in the heck have never thought about it in that way from that perspective. And it's just an amazing thing, you know, and you can really, truly have some enlightening conversations in some of these different parts of the world and see things, you know, in just a, a completely different way. It's you really think about cool. a lot of your peers a couple later years on. later and later on, you're like, man, you're, you know, wow, I have such a different perspective and I feel like I have such a, a, a leg up. On yeah. a lot of your friends back yeah. home. You know, basically. you talk to your friends and they're like, yeah, so, you know, we were at this party, you know, a couple of weeks ago. We were out at the bonfire, you know, over, you know, on Bobby Sue's, you know, farm. This and this and this happened. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. So this one time I was in Croatia, you know, right? <laughs> you know, and I mean, you're just like, just definitely one what? You know, or hey, have you ever had smashed peas in, in England? Right. Yeah, let me tell you about these crazy yeah. things, you know, and it's just amazing. It's difficult for people, and I understand that. You might be intimidated, you know, might you know, might be shy, or you might be scared, but you've just got to kind of take the leap. You can go with people, yeah. you know, that maybe have experienced it, or you can experience it together and figure it out together. 
but even there's other agencies too, like boss does stuff, you know, where you can, it's small little trips, but you can go and you can kind of start to kind of figure it out. You need to just start and then go from there. Get out and see the world. I mean, it's a, it's an, it's an opportunity that you can't really afford to miss out here. At the end of the day, you really, you only live once, Yeah. you know, and you, the army has offered you an amazing opportunity to experience things that most people will never, ever get to do in their lifetime. And you can go do it this weekend. Just want to say thank you uh, for coming on to the podcast. Uh, Definitely going to continue these and provide some more feedback on what we can do to make the other episodes better. This is Jagoon7, signing off.